So welcome to episode 29. I can't believe we've got to episode 29. Uh, tonight, Mr. Alex Carter is with me. How are you? I'm um, very well. Cheers, Matt. Um, still on a bit of a downer from Sunday, but yeah, we'll get into that, won't we? How are yeah, you? I'm all right, but I've got, I've got a question. Go on. <clears throat> so um, I'm just interested in your latest tweet. <laughs> so it's at only one Carter on Twitter, which says uh, went on a bumble date with a girl last year who was mad into books and Jane Austen novels. She asked what I was reading. I said bootlegger's autobiography. We didn't meet again. And then there is a picture of bootlegger's autobiography. Um, I mean, <laughs> probably wasn't solely down to the choice of book to be there. It could have been, but I don't think it was. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, this is that's, that sort of content is exactly what Twitter was made for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's cracking. Good lad. All right. Well, shall we'll we'll uh, we'll kick off then and talk Sheffield United, shall we? Only one place to start, isn't it's there? Really? The only place to start. Yeah. I mean, it was a <clears throat> obviously it finished three three. We lost two plays to injury. Uh, it was a crazy game. There were some good goals, some bad goals. Some it had a bit of everything, really. It's a controversial ref. I mean, the ref was as bad as a national league ref, I thought. Um, but it had a bit of everything. What? What? Where did you sit? Where did you watch it from? And what? What were your thoughts? Um, I was in the Mold Road stand or the Macron stand, um, five rows back, in line with the eighteen-yard line. So really, really good view. Um, especially of the goals. Um, you know what? If we'd held on to win 3-2, I would have said that's the best Wrexham game I've ever been to. Yeah, it, um, the atmosphere was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, I've never experienced an atmosphere like it at the race course. The, the ground was shaking after the goals. The limbs from all three stands as well, not just the tech end, but the Yale stand or the Wrexham Lager stand as well, wild. Um, it was like a bear pit in the area of the macro <laughs> and I was in. And yeah, more like, you're right, it's a game that had everything. It had drama, goals, red cards, um, obviously the storyline with Ryan Reynolds being there as well. And oh, I'm just absolutely gutted that we couldn't hold on because if we had it done, it would have been one of the best, well, probably well, easily the best Wrexham game we've ever been to. And one of the best moments um, of my life in recent years as well, I'd say. So, yeah, a little bit of a downer, but I'm not going to let that spoil what was otherwise fantastic day all around. Yeah, so I'd, I'd echo that. And when we've spoken since, you've very much been glass half full, whereas I've been very much glass, glass half empty. Are you still glass half full? In terms of what? I guess the result, the performance, the way we, the way that we conceded. Yeah, I mean, you have to be half full. I mean, strip it back. We've taken 
what's essentially a Premier League team. Definitely. Yeah. This season. We've taken what's essentially a Premier League team all the way to 94, 95 minutes. Should have won. Um, first half, I'd say, was pretty even. Maybe they just about edged it. But second half, we absolutely battered them, especially in those opening 15, 20 minutes. So I guess you can look at the injuries and some of the goals we let in as well and think, okay, there was a couple of the soft goals in there and losing Hayden for six weeks and probably Tunnicliffe for the end of the season obviously is a mad, well, not mad, massive loss. But I'm still half full. I think that performance and that atmosphere... And that game will live me live with me for a very, very long time. And you can't say that about most matches, can you? So no. my class is still very much half full. Yeah, so I echo some of them sentiments. Just uh, when I watched, I, I made the mistake. I, I mean, I was gutted. I was gutted. Um, but when I watched the highlights back, I was even more angry when you see the I don't know if you have watched the goals yet or not, because uh, I've spoke to loads of people who are like, I don't want to watch it, um, because I don't think they want to face that some of the, the home truths. That, that the sad part about that day is so the, definitely two of the goals are really soft. The first one is just a lack of concentration, I think. The excitement at the start of the game. I mean, Tunnicliffe gets blocked off, which he shouldn't do, and McBurney walks for eight yards through our box and slots ahead home which Luke Young probably should have stopped on the line as well. Um, the second one was the pinball in the box, if you remember. Um, and again, that can, go, that can go anywhere. You know, when it's, when it's pinging around, it could go anywhere. Um, and then when you watch the third one back, not sure how Elliot Lee loses his man, ends up facing the wrong way and Howard doesn't stop it on the line. Instead, he puts, sort of pushes it up into the net. Um, so when you see that, you think that's so unlike us. That's, you know... Because um, we have been pretty good defensively, haven't we? Um, and I guess that'll be the and that that for me, that that's the, gives me a little bit of a sour taste. Is that if you know if we'd have just done our, if we'd have been really tidy about our work, we'd have been in the next round and we'd have been playing Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but for this game, I would rather just forget about the bad things and focus on the good things. But in the interest of the podcast, I'll, I'll talk about what you spoke about as well. <laughs> um, yeah, first goal, it, it's soft, isn't it? It was less it's than a not, minute, I think, wasn't it? It was, it was less than a minute, yeah. yeah. It's fair enough if it was a good piece of quality, but it's just a ball for the front post and someone's lost the man and it's a free header back of the net. Second goal, I think, was a little bit unlucky in regards yeah, to the, the pinball one. Yeah. Um, you can't really blame Max Clayworth. He didn't. And oh, he didn't have a chance with that, really. You could argue he could have anticipated it a little bit better, but he would have done really well to stop Norwood from getting the rebound. And then, yeah, the third goal, I've only just watched it back today, by the way. Um, yeah. Almost shades of Grimsby last season in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, and we just the, couldn't defend the balls into our box. And, yeah, someone's lost a man at the far post. Howard, could he have done better? Mm. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he had a good game otherwise. Um, yeah, you have to remember it's championship opposition as well, and they might have, they might be more sort of advanced in their set-piece tactics, perhaps their movement as well. We probably put more energy mentally and physically into that game than what we do for standard league games. So mental and physical fatigue could have played a part in switching off at the end, but I'm not going to knock any of the players. It was... 
fantastic performance from everyone. Before I ask you, who was the, you, your man of the match was, what was the key moment in the match for you? Key moment? No, oh, good Is question. Is there one that you think that that's <laughs> that was you know that was a pivotal turn? Like, does the sending off help them? Does the injuries to us uh, hinder us? What you know, if we'd have had different defenders on, would that have made a difference? Was the, what was the sort of? Uh, there might not even be one. I was, it just came to me then. I just wondered if there was a key moment for you. Um, I, to be fair, I might. I don't know this for sure, but I've got two moments, both involving Phil Parkinson. One is half-time team talk. Like yeah. I say, I'm not sure what it was like, but the way we came out the first 15 minutes after half-time, best 15 minutes I've seen from a Wrexham side for about at least 10 years. And so whatever he said at half-time obviously worked. So you could argue that was a the turning point. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then his decision to go 4-3-3 three, three, midway yeah, through the I think so, half. yeah. Um, obviously going for the win, and he was two minutes away from achieving that win and, you know, implementing a stroke of genius in regards to playing three up front. So, yeah, probably give it to a couple of Phil Parkinson's decisions slash sort of tactical switches. I think, it'll, obviously, with the documentary, with Ryan being there and the documentary crew following him, I, I think we might see that team talk in the documentary, um, you know, because I'm sure that game will take up a, an episode or half an episode or something, won't it? You know, it was such a big game for the for the club, so uh, I'm sure it will. Um, for me, there was one moment, um, and I turned round to uh, my lad and I said, that was the game right there, and it was the Dolby chance. When Dolby goes through, if he just calmly slots that home, makes it 4-2, they've got no interest in that game then. It's late on, it's game over. Um, so I echo your sentiments about Parky. I think it'll be, it will be interesting to see what he did. It's really interesting to see that this team really raises its game against better sides. They're so much better. Um, against those, you know, we were, you know, we were really good against Coventry. We were really good there. They, it, they've got it in them. And I mean, my man of the match was Paul Mullin. I know you could pick a couple out, but I just thought he was outstanding. He was like he was a he was a one man army, wasn't he? He he was on a mission, um, and I thought it was so good for him at the end. At the end, I thought he scored the winner. You know, he'd had a big week personally, hasn't he? He's come out with the with the headphones on with the. Um, mascot who was, I believe, had autism as well, um, and it was almost like it was made up. It was set up for him, and when they scored at the end, I don't know if you noticed, but he was sort of he, he keeled over on the floor. He couldn't believe it that they'd scored. Yeah, I would echo what what you said. He was my man of the match, and um, absolutely outstanding. He worked hard, kept the ball, held the ball up well. He was a nightmare for their defenders all game. His movement, obviously the goal, and he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. And when you consider he's playing on a pitch with championship slash Premier League quality players, yeah. it says everything about the player. And like you say, it says everything about the man as well in regards to what his build-up was like in the run-up to the game and coming out with his problems. Um, well, not problems, but his sort of issues with... Challenges, yeah. Challenge, that's the word I'm looking for, challenges. 
Um, it was written in the stars, wasn't it, really, for him to Ooh. score the winner at the end and, and point to his boot and celebrate in front of the fans. And like you say, what he did before the game, with the, the mascot of the ear protectors on. Ugh. He's just a legend on and off the pitch. And I'm as gutted for him more than anyone else that he didn't um, score the winner or what would turn out to be the winner in that game because he deserved it so, so much. And yeah, I saw him after the goal. You could tell he was he was flat, he was deflated, but I spoke before about that 15 minutes being one of the best Wrexham displays I've seen for a long time. I think Paul Mullins' display, probably one of the best Wrexham performances I've ever seen. Yeah. He was absolutely superb. I know a lot of people have mentioned him. Uh, I would give special mention to O'Connor because to go from obviously sort of anchoring uh, midfield to playing as a centre back, uh, for those who've played football, who we'll sort of will know it's really difficult, uh, and especially when you're playing up against higher level attackers. Um, and Jebison was a threat, wasn't he? He was a real, and then Unjai obviously very similar when he came on. Um, you know, they were these sort of electric paced mazy dribblers um so i thought you know a, a special mention to him as well i thought he did really well having to, to sort of slot in yeah i like what you've said and what plenty of other fans have said on social media he's almost a bit of a freak about how good he is in all these different positions he's looking very much like the league one player we signed this time last year probably even better in terms of quality at the moment he wouldn't look out of place in a championship side and I think Max Clayworth we have to give credit to as well coming off the bench yeah. I thought he played played very well as well and there's another player I want to give some praise to and that's Ollie Palmer I thought he was um, a close second maybe not a close second but he was my second best player on the pitch he was absolutely right. everywhere not sure where he gets his energy from, but minute one to minute 90, he was chasing players down. He was winning the ball back. His hold-up play was was superb. Almost scored with that decent effort in the second half, which yeah. came off the underside of the crossbar. I think he was going over to the linesman trying to say it was in, but it wasn't in. Um, after the handball was... bet that was, if you remember, that was right after what was a stonewall handball. Absolute stonewall penalty. And I'm not sure how the linesman on our side, how the referee didn't see it. Blatant penalty, blatant penalty. Um, and it would have been justice for, for Palmer to score that goal, but unfortunately he didn't. Yeah. Um, but Ollie Palmer, I thought he was superb. He's not been in the best of form recently, but back to his best on Sunday. I'm not sure. Did we mention uh, last week that um, it had come out on one of the Twitter spaces that he needs surgery? On a, was it an abdominal? Uh, abdominal? He's got something with it. Uh, this is obviously second-hand information. So obviously it hasn't come from the club as such, but it's come from somebody who's you know knows a lot about the club. Um, on one of the Twitter spaces after the last uh, after one of the games, he said, "Yeah, he's got some sort of hip injury." Um, and he does need surgery, apparently. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see whether he has to have that or whether he can play through it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that might answer why he's he has been in a, a bit of a dip. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't show on Sundays. So I'm not sure what he got injected with, or maybe he was just living off the adrenaline. But we'll see. We'll see. So we get a replay a week, 
uh, a week to week yesterday. A week yesterday, yeah. I've lost track of my days then. Um, so we get uh, uh, obviously tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. We got four thousand seven hundred odd tickets. I think they've given us. Um, what uh, I mean, we won't sort of uh, go into detail of it yet too much. But what's your what's your feeling as we uh, now? I mean, I guess before the game, I think everybody said we don't. What we don't want is a replay. But we've ended up we won. Um, are you thinking we might go there and just rest a few people and see what happens, or are you let's just go for it again and uh, try and get that Spurs tie at home? Um, I've changed my mind. I mean, Sunday and Monday, I was in the opinion of let's rest a few players, let's rotate. We probably need to rest a few players after that game, and especially with the league game on Saturday. Um, but I've changed my mind now. Changed my mind 100%. I think we should go for it again. Because of the draw? Um, because it's Tottenham, you mean? Because it's a, bit... a little bit because of the draw, but yeah. I also think a little bit because the players owe it to themselves, really. Okay. We took them all the way on Sunday. There's no reason why we can't do it again. Um, we've already played at a championship ground away from home this season, so we're used to going to a big stadium in front of 20,000 odd fans. Um, better pitch than the race course as well, I'd imagine. So a chance for us to maybe play some better football. And what I saw from Sheffield United on Sunday doesn't worry me whatsoever. I think we can go there and give them a really good game. Granted, it will be tough. They'll be favourites, obviously, um, especially because they're playing in front of their home crowd. But I think go for it. Go for it. Injuries can happen at any point in the season. Um, so I don't buy into the argument that oh, we can't risk players. We can't risk players. Players could get injured in training, in a league match, even away from football in freak accidents, which yeah. you hear about. So go out and play your full team. Give it your all. If we lose, it's not the end of the world. We've still got the league to focus on. If we win, bring on Tottenham. Yeah, the question will be, Will like they made five or six changes. Will they do the same again, I guess, is the question. Or will they have gone, crikey, we've got away with that. You know, and a big tie for them at home against Tottenham would give them some money, which might be allow them to pay off some of the uh, the transfer payment, which has got them a uh, transfer embargo. Um, so that'll be the that'll be the key element, won't it? You know, will, will they go? No, let's go again. We'll, we'll and hope that they're better, or will they go? No, we're going to have to play play the big guns now. Um, so that'll be the uh, that'll be one of the uh, the sort of interesting points. Overall, though, just just put it you know put it down as just another amazing day at the racecourse in the last two years, and we've we've had we've had some bonkers games and days, and that's up there with them, isn't it? Exactly, and sometimes you have to pinch yourself about how good we've got it at the moment. Um, packed out stadiums, fantastic atmospheres, best side we've had for years, best play we've had for many a year in Paul Mullin. The feel-good factor with the owners, FA Cup giant killings, unbeaten runs, winning every match at home. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I think okay. out of all the fans in the country, we've probably got it best at the moment. Yeah, us and Newcastle. Yeah, um, maybe I, I, Newcastle. I would say they would probably be rivaling us now, given the fact that obviously, uh, uh, well, they've got a cup final now to look forward to, haven't they, after, after last night. Um, okay, so I guess... The, the main news to come out of the week, 
Um, although there was a there was a, a couple of little bits of info, I guess. But the main thing that came out was the was was the injuries. Now, while the club hasn't officially confirmed what's going on, um, but a couple of sort of a couple of people and one of the reporters close to the club put out a tweet. I, I, I was actually checking it before, but I think he's deleted it now. Uh, which said that Hayden, I believe Hayden, I think it said Hayden was out for seven weeks, um, and Tunnicliffe's done for the season. Um, which is kind of what we were, I don't know, we were kind of expecting it given what we saw uh, and the reactions and, you know, what you know about those sort of injuries. Um, and I guess then that prompted us into a bit of transfer speculation, which materialised into a shiny new centre-half rocking up at the race course last night. Um, so that came... It came out of nowhere, really. By that, what I mean is there was no rumours or anything about it, was there? Um, you know, nobody said, oh, you know, oh, you know, Carl's at the club. It was just, it, you know, it just came up out of nowhere. Um, so clearly that indicates to me that one of them whose injuries is serious, and it must be the Tony Cliff one, because um, we've gone out and paid money for him from Charlton. Um, and, I mean, he looks on paper a top, top calibre centre-half. He does, yeah. To quickly go back to the two injuries we've got. I saw a screenshot of the Tunnicliffe one. You could see yeah. his ankle. Definitely so, ankle ligaments, that. Going the wrong direction, yeah. So, gutted for him because he's been rock solid since he came into the side. Um, Hayden, slightly better news in regards to we probably will see him before the end of the season, um, which is fantastic because he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Let's hope he can get back quickly. But yeah, Parkinson and Co weren't messing about, were they? Straight into the into the market and and a jazzy video, out. a jazzy video off Ryan and Rob to tease it. Yeah, always a bonus a jazzy video. Um, no, like you said, he looks a really, really good signing. Um, league yeah. one quality, Europe Champions League experience. Their fans are gutted, aren't they? I don't know if you've seen yeah, the reactions. Yeah. They're gutted. Red- they can't believe what's happening. I read the tweets, yeah, their best defender, a lot yeah. of them said. Um, a few of them said, oh, it sums up Charlton at the moment. Losing That's right. Yeah. To a National League side, but get used to it, League One teams. This is what Wrexham do now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm buzzing with that signing. I'm just not sure about how match fit he is because he's not played a full 90 since... Three, three months, you know, I think it's been. Three months, isn't yeah, it? So, I believe so. Don't think he's in a position to start straight away. I'm not sure. That's the only, only, only negative. Not negative, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So, just yeah. a bit of background, I guess, on Owen O'Connell. Um, he's 27. He's Irish from Cork. So, him and Fordy are going to love it together on that right side of that defence. I suspect Max will fill in at left on the left side until. Somebody comes back in. I don't know if you think any different, but obviously that's where Max was playing before. So I suspect that's what we'll do. Um, he started his career, obviously, at Celtic. Didn't make, only made seven appearances. Floated around a little bit for a few years um, and then got into the sort of Berry and Rochdale teams. Especially at Rochdale is where he made his name, really. Uh, made over 100 appearances for them before going to Charlton. Um He's got some under. He's got some Irish under twenty one caps as well. So, he's got a good pedigree, and obviously the word is that you know they were really disappointed. So, and we've paid money. I don't know how much, but you would think that's a six figure signing, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, League One standard player, promotion under his belt, Champions League experience, good age as well, like you say, yeah. 27. Um, I'll be surprised if it was less than six. Yeah, I would have, I would have thought. So, one in. Uh, I know uh, when I was wandering around Red Passion, dangerous place that is. Um, <laughs> there was there were still people expecting us to sign another couple of players, and I. Again, I was thinking uh, you might get one if you're lucky. We might get that forward if we're lucky, but um, nothing. There's no no rumours or anything really. I've not not I've not. Have you heard anything? Any secret no. transfer hotline telephone in the uh, office there? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, I think if we do sign anyone, it'll come out of the blue like the like the O'Connell one did last night. So all we can do is wait and see. I was all for signing Andy Dallas. I'll just add this um, from Solihull. Uh, I can't remember. I think did we talk? I can't remember whether we talked about this last week or not. But he was one of the names that we've been sort of the fans have sort of said, "Go and get Dallas." Uh, then I watched him last night against North County, and he missed three one-on-ones with their goalkeeper. So he's out the door now. Forget it. If you can't score three one-on-ones with the goalkeeper, then I'm, I'm I'm sorry, you're just not good enough. So he's off my list now. You'll be here. You'll be interested to know. Is that because it was against Notts County as well? Well, I mean, you know, you, you if you can't do it in big games, it's no good for us, is it? If you can only stat pad like, you know, Harry Kane against rubbish teams, then uh, you know, well, he's never scored a significant goal in his life. He hasn't. So don't yeah, so don't give me any of that. So um, just a little shout out, I guess, to um, Rich Fay on the Rob Ryan Red podcast. I don't know if you've listened to that yet. They had a really good interview with Sean Harvey. Um, so there was some real good nuggets on that. Don't listen to rival podcasts. Oh, well, well I'll, I'll applaud you. I'll applaud your loyalty. But no, the interview with Sean Harvey was really good because it gave him a chance to just squeeze a little bit of info out of him about some of the... Uh, what should we call them? Small gripes that are around um, and get some good info. So definitely, if you know, go and listen to that. After you've listened to us, uh, go and listen to that because it is worth listening to him to get little updates. Um, certainly, like on, on the cop stand, he said that there's always been a plan B. Um, you know, they, they, the plan B was always going alongside the initial sort of funding application. So they're still confident that they want somebody to start the cop June. Um Otherwise, it'll delay when it's finished, and obviously that would be problematic potentially. So, um, and he talks about how many shirts we've sold and some of the other challenges around Ticketmaster and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a a, a bit of a listen. So, because we play in the league next, we'll uh, we'll just go go through and have a catch-up, I guess, on the uh, Vanarama National League, if, that, uh, if that's all right with you. Because there was obviously some midweek games, etc., wasn't there? Including the one I watched last night. So, um, should we start at the top or the bottom? Um, you know what? Well, let's start at the bottom for once. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, poor old Maidstone sit rocks bottom i don't think they've won a game in a couple of months now <laughs> they're for at least five in a row um uh planted to the bottom uh, and they were away at yeovil uh next uh scunthorpe who got taken over didn't they 
Yeah, that, that, went through, that went through, I think. Was it last week or the week? Have I lost track of me weeks? I think he was initially announced two weeks ago and maybe got sorted last week. Right. But they seem to be in half decent form at the moment. Got a couple of wins. Yeah, they drew with Bromley uh, a few days ago. And uh, before that, they uh, beat... Well, they beat Halifax, which doesn't seem to be hard nowadays because they're in terrible form, aren't they? Um, <laughs> and they've got Bar- but they've got Barnet at the weekend, so Barnet are on the opposite end of the form scale, aren't they? They're flying. Um, so Sun Scunthorpe sit twenty third, Gateshead then, obviously, uh, who've lost to us a week or so ago. Uh, they managed to beat Wealdstone again at the weekend, yeah, but they've got Solly Hull, who again, I, again, I watched them last night against Knox County. And, they put up a little bit of fight, but they, they, there wasn't much about them, really. Um, although the new guy that they've got, Davis, I think, in the middle of the park was really good. Uh, I can see why they were all excited about him. And interestingly, the team that w- was rock bottom, if you think about it, at the start of the season for months, which was Torquay, if you remember, um, where we sat here saying, well, they look like they're definitely going down. and It's hard to believe, given you know where they've been before. Uh, and now... Uh, you know, they're now in 21st, catching up to Oldham, although they've got, Oldham have got a couple of games in hand, but they're off the bottom and sort of, they are making a bit of progress. Um, so uh, the teams just outside the uh, the sort of relegation dogfight are Oldham, Dorking, who've dropped a lot now. They're in bad form. They've lost three in a row. Uh, sit there with, uh, with the Oval and Halifax, who are uh, plummeting in form as well. They've lost three in a row. Um, so then when we go to the top, um, if we think about the top seven initially, Boreham would have climbed back up into seventh after two wins on the bounce. Uh, they beat Aldershot the other night. Uh, I think it was last night, that one. Uh, it was 1-0. Uh, and they've got Chesterfield next at home. So that's wow. going to be quite interest, quite an interesting game because they've, got, they've, won two, they've drawn two and won two in the last four. So they've got a little bit of form. And at home, so uh, that won't be necessarily be a walkover for Chesterfield, uh, I don't think. Probably you've just hit a bit of a flat spot. They've uh, they're in sixth place. They've drawn three in a row. Uh, they drew with Scunthorpe uh, at the weekend, uh, and they've got Maidenhead. So you'd ex- you'd expect Bromley at home to beat Maidenhead, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, Barnet, who I've, w- I've watched a little bit of. I watched a little bit of that game last night, although I missed the goals. But I did watch them at the weekend because obviously they beat Chesterfield, which was a, a big bonus. Was it a bonus for us? Depends whether you think Chesterfield are going to catch us or not, I guess. Um, but obviously, um, they, that that was a convincing... I don't know if you saw any of that, Alex, but that was a convincing win at the weekend. No, I didn't see it, but I saw the result. Um, yeah. I think it is a bonus for us. I still would have had Chesterfield in the title race just about. Um, I think that loss, especially with us not, not losing and, and keeping on winning, I, I think they've just got too much to do now. Um, there are a couple of games behind as well, so it's not only winning those games in hand, but then it's somehow making up, what is it, seven points, which is just not going to happen. Um, so I'm writing Chesterfield off. Well, the the thing I did think at the time was what it does allow is for Chesterfield to win that game. Whereas that when they play that game against Notts County, when it gets rescheduled, um, it would it does allow 
Chesterfield to win that game, whereas before I was really hoping for a draw. Now, because they've dropped a little bit further behind, I don't mind if Chesterfield win that game. Um, so, yeah. interestingly, um, that Barnet game, uh, Kabamba scored the hat-trick for Barnet, and he was really strongly linked with uh, Chesterfield. I don't know if you saw that. He'd been linked with them, presumably because they knew Shamanga was going, because obviously he, he made the move to uh, uh, Peterborough. Peterborough, yes, I to Peterborough, which was a loan with an obligation to buy. And I did see somewhere that they think that the obligation was his release clause, which was a quarter of a million, which was less than what I thought it was going to be. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Um, but it's another bonus for us, isn't it? Shemanga leaving. I know he wasn't starting for Chesterfield, but he's the kind of player who, when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah. Um, so we did find a way back into that team and then find a couple of goals, it'd be dangerous again. Um, so yeah, glad to see the back of him finally. Um, four months after his transfer to Birmingham, Birmingham did go collapsed. Yeah. yeah, so anything which weakens our opponents doesn't matter if they're title rivals, even teams were playing good news for us. Um, but that Chesterfield Notts County game is, um, an interesting one. It's the 11th of February, isn't it? Which is a week on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm with you, yeah. Right behind a Chesterfield win now. Yeah. Um, and it's probably not counties, apart from the trip to us, of course, in April. It's probably their toughest game. So I'm sure a lot of Wrexham fans will be watching that one on the telly because it's still on BT. Yeah. Hoping for a, a Spyrites win. Yeah. So, I mean, Chesterfield had won four in a row until the weekend. And then, uh, as I say, Barnet were brilliant. Um, they look really, really good, and Cabamba was lethal. Um, so Chesterfield sitting fourth. So they've played 25 games. So this is the outlier, if you like, the fact that they play 25 um, compared to us on 27 and Notts County on 29. Uh, they've got 52 points. And I say their next game is away at Boreham Wood, so I wouldn't necessarily say that's a gimme either. Um, and then Woking have crept up now. Um, so they're only a point ahead of Chesterfield. Um, but they've played two more games, so I guess this is a typical sort of what would you rather have, points in the bag or games in hand? Um, uh, and they have uh, they drew at the weekend with Torquay at home, so they'll be disappointed with that, I guess. Uh, and they're away at Eastleigh, um, who sit in 10th, so uh, that'll be an interesting one. Um, and nice, the only team in all green uh, for the last five games on the form table is Wrexham. So obviously our last league game technically was the Gateshead one, um, which we won 3-0. And then obviously we'll, the game we're going to talk about in a minute is we go away to Altrincham, who sit in 13th currently. Uh, and then Notts County is top, play 29, 68 points. So they're three points ahead of us now. Um, as I say, they beat Solly Hull. And I, I wasn't overly impressed with Notts County watching them, to be honest. I, I know um, I've watched a couple of uh, other people's podcasts and um, Notts County fans seem adamant that they've got a better a start in 11 than us, and I just don't see it. Um, I know they're ahead of us at the moment, and I still think we're going to still think we're gonna power through. Um, so Notts County are away at Torquay. Long journey. Be an interesting one. Team scrapping for their lives, you never know, do you? You never know, but um, Notts County got a couple of lucky penalties, should we call them, last night. So uh, if they don't get that, let's see how they see how they do. 
Um, so anything stand out for you in the National League other than the usual sort of uh, stuff that I've gone over? Um, yeah, Boreham Wood seemed to be back in form. Yeah. Um, they were dreadful a couple of months ago, weren't they? They couldn't win a game for, for yeah. love and money, but Luke Garrard seems to have turned them around. Um, of course, we've yet to play them at home, so that could be a tough game if they keep it up. Um, Dorking got a bit of a soft spot for after watching yeah. the documentaries. They look in real trouble now, um, especially with Torquay in a bit of form. They could drag... Dorking, Oldham, maybe even Yeovil and Halifax into the into the fight as well. Um, as well as an exciting National League, the title race, we could have a an exciting relegation battle as well. Because apart yeah. from maybe Maidstone, you'd say from Scunthorpe upwards, all of those teams have got a chance of staying up. Um, I'll put a question to you. Is there any team you'd prefer to stay up or any team you'd rather go down? I know Wrexham will be in League 2 next season, but... Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, so yeah. I guess I, I'm similar to you. You know, we had a really good day at Dorking and the fact that uh, Mark White was quite happy to put a bit of cash behind the bar for a couple of for the people that were in that pub. Uh, and they try and play football, don't they? Um, and yeah. they, are, they are a good story in the fact that they've, you know, they've... I can't, was it 12 promotions in 20 odd years? Um, so I really hope that they can stay up because they try and do it the right way. Um, and I quite like Mark quite as a, you know, he, he's quite outspoken. He's good. He's good value, isn't he? Um, yeah. So I would say, uh, I would say out of all the teams, I think they're probably the one that I hope that can survive. Um, I think the, su- the surprises for me still, I think a Halifax and Soliel, I would say the, this, especially Halifax, have sort of fallen off a cliff. They're, uh, you know, I did think that they would be fighting for the playoffs in the same way I thought Soliel would be our biggest challengers. Um, and neither of them look anything like that, I would say, at the moment, would you? No, nowhere near. Um, obviously, the table doesn't lie. You look no. at their positions and you think after the, the great season they had last year, it's mad how, how things can change so quickly. Granted, Halifax lost a few players, but Solihull... I don't, I don't know where their sort of dip in form has come from, really. Um, and it just makes you appreciate the consistency that we've got. Yeah. Um, you look at February onwards last year to February this year, we've probably won, what, 85 90% of our matches? And hopefully we give the team, us and Notts County, to be fair, enough credit about these unbeaten runs and how many games we keep winning. I mean, any other season, us or Notts would be come to be clear at the top of the table right now. It's just a shame from our point of view and their point of view. We've got two fantastic teams churning out wins every week. And like you say, that's just hope come May that we uh, we do finish on top. They obviously, um, they managed to keep hold of Langstaff and Rodriguez and it's sort of speculation died down, I think, uh, rather than getting more sort of feverish towards the end of the window, there was nothing. So they'd obviously that says to me that they've taken it. They took took a strong stance internally, and were, you know, straight away probably putting the phone down if anybody said uh, how much for Macaulay or how much for Ruben. Yeah, they put uh, a picture out on a Twitter feed last night of Langstaff and Rodriguez. I think it said "Happy Transfer Deadline Day," something like that, and with them two both <laughs> smiling. So Whatever. maybe that was a a message back to all the people who were speculating about them leaving. So. 
fair play to them. Kept the prize assets, unfortunately for us, but I'd rather win the league by beating their best team. So let's have it. So we've got a busy February coming up. Um, we'll talk about altering them in a minute. So that game is on BT Sport because it's a 20 past five kickoff on Saturday. Um, then we've obviously got the replay against Sheffield United, which again is on ITV4, I believe, um, on the Tuesday. Then we, uh, we're back home on the Saturday against Weldston. And then we've got a midweek game against Woking. Away against Aldershot, then home to Scunthorpe, home to Dorking, and then the big home to Chesterfield one wraps up February. So it's going to be uh, that that squad depth is going to get tested, isn't it? Playing Tuesday, Saturday. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's the same pretty much for Notts County as well. I think they've got yeah. one last game, but February is going to have a big, big say in, in where the title's going. Um, Monday, Tuesday, not Monday, Tuesday, that would be a bit harsh. Saturday, <laughs> Tuesday, all month. Um, this is where our squad depth is going to be put to the test because I can't see the same 11 going out for seven, eight matches in a row in the month. I think we're going to see players like Cannon come yeah. into the side, perhaps. Mendy, maybe, will go back yeah. in. Back on Maybe the grass, Jones. by the way, him and Bryce Hosanna, back in training. Yes. James Jones might find himself starting a game or two. Um, but this is why we've got the, the strength in depth. It's for periods like this. Yeah. And you know what? I think we'll win all of our home matches. Yeah. I don't look at any of those home matches and think, no, we'll struggle. I think we'll win them all. A um, couple of the tricky away ones in there, starting with Altrincham on Saturday. Um they seem to have picked up a little bit of form, but I think they've lost the last two matches, haven't they? And lost their, or certainly in my opinion, their best player who's gone back to, it's Con Clark, he went back to, can't remember where he's on loan from, yeah. but he's a really good player. Okay, so we'll talk about that then. So let's uh, dig into altering them away. Uh, so that's 20 past five on Friday, front of the TV cameras. Uh, not far from you. Did you manage to get a ticket, or were you too busy on Bumble dates? What's going? What was going on? Um, I'll be on the plane by the time that kicks oh. off. So, uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I land, I'll be getting my phone out and seeing what the score was, and seeing if VPNs are legal in Saudi Arabia. And trying <laughs> to Sheffield United game on the Tuesday. Um, okay. So no. Are you going? Did you get I, a ticket? Yeah, so uh, I've got to give a shout out now to friend of the pod, um, Mr. Paul Ford, who's in, unfortunately I think he's ill. I think he's got COVID. So um, yeah, we managed. We've had their the tickets uh, off them, so we are going now. I wasn't going originally, um, but we are going now. So uh, yeah, big shout out to Paul, who's always very complimentary. And uh, we think the last time I saw him was away at Solial. Um, he came and sat straight in front of us, ironically, because we were just to the side of you and he came and sat just in front of us. So, um, so yeah, we'll be there. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it from two for, for a couple of different reasons, I guess. One, to see, well, team-wise, what do we do? Because if you, you know, this will perhaps tell us a little bit about Parkinson's thinking for the game ahead as well. So does he rest a few ready to, to let them go again on the Tuesday? 
does does our new new guy get a start? Obviously, you know he needs games, so you, we need to get him in, don't we? So if you can, you afford to put him in against the mid-table National League side? I would think so. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, do we see some of the other people like a Cannon um, or somebody? You know, is Mendy ready yet or not? Do we just give him a? You know, is he on the bench? But more than anything, I just a little bit looking forward to. A little bit of revenge from the end of that cup game <laughs> because that really aggravated me the way they were celebrating and the you know cup in the ears and all that palaver. So uh, so yeah, I'm 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 really hopeful that we're going to go there, do a, regardless of the team that we put out, comfortable away win, and then head off uh, head off to Sheffield on Tuesday. Are you going to run onto the pitch if we win? <laughs> do you think I should? <laughs> You've got to do it. Cup your ear to the, to the home dugout as well. Yeah, no, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I guess you, you, you've got to expect, not expect to win, but I, uh, ultimately you would think we, we should win, given the fact that we're a promotion chasing side against a mid-table side. You've made a good point. They've probably lost their best player. Prior to that, don't forget, they'd lost Colclough as well. So they are obviously, you know, they're not in a, as strong a position as, as they have been. Um, so what's your gut feeling about the side that we'll put out? Where will the changes come? Uh, I think we'll go full strength. I think we have to. League is still a priority despite um, RFA Cup distractions. I would expect it to be the side which played from 15 minutes onwards on Sunday. Um, so you think so O'Connor's going to come back, right? Same start in 11, um, but Clayworth in for Hayden. And then probably O'Connor is the other centre-back for Tunnicliffe. I'm looking at Harry Lennon and all this and thinking, when's his time? Because he's fit, because he, he played the in the Trophy game against Alteringham. And he, yeah, he, he was on the bench on Sunday against Sheffield United. So if he's fit... Surely he comes in for Tunnicliffe because he's he's a left sider like Tunnicliffe is. Yeah, similar kind of player as well. So if he's not starting, then I do wonder what the situation is with Lennon. Um, and I've got a gut feeling that we might start O'Connor um, as the third centre back and put James Jones back into midfield. Well, I saw uh, uh, Lennon play. He played the last time I saw him play was in that Altrincham FA yeah. Trophy game. And he looked like a man who had not had a lot of football, um, you know. Uh, and in fact, I think one of the goals was caused by a pass from him, um, so if I remember rightly. So it, it will be, it will be. Though these are the little nuances that will be really interesting to see, won't they? You know. Um, yeah. And it does make you wonder, like, when when is he going to get football? And if he's not going to get, if he's not fit, is he useful to us? You know, at what point do you go? Well, he's just—he's not fit to us now. And then, do you think? Well, do we do we replace him then with somebody? Do you send him out, or you know, do you just keep him as uh, for ten minutes here and there? You know, we've got some really big yeah. decisions to make around this uh, around this squad. Because, um, like you say, you know, at what point is he? You know, is he going to be useful? Because uh, he was so yeah. good in that first half of last season. He was, I think he was our best player in the first half of that season. He was outstanding. I know you're laughing at me. He was outstanding, as a, uh, honestly. Um, he was really good. Um, 
and it's just such a shame. But you've got to give these people a game. If you want to get them fit, you've got to give them a game, haven't you? At some point, you've got to let them play. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's no question over his ability. We all saw what he was like, what, August to November, December last season. He was our best defender. I wouldn't yeah. say best player, but certainly our best defender. Um, excellent centre-back, good in the air, quick, good on the ball. Got a goal in him. I think he scored a couple of the goals as well. Um, and yeah, if he's if he's fit and on the bench, he should be starting, in my opinion, against Altrincham. Otherwise, yeah. there's questions over his fitness as yeah. there has been throughout his career. And at some point, whether we're in the National League or the League Two, in the league above, we've got to make a decision on Lennon because we can't carry players who don't play. I don't care how good they are yeah. as much as it would um, be bad for Harry Lennon to get let go. His wages could be used on a player who will play every week. Because he'll be with money because he came from Charlton, I think, wasn't it? So it's a tricky one that I feel for Lennon because obviously the injuries aren't his fault and he wants to play. Um, but it gets to a point where you think, is there any point in having him on the books? Um, maybe February might work in his favour because we've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And I think what happened last season was he would play the Saturday, have the Tuesday off, then play the following Saturday because he couldn't do two games in three days. So maybe yeah. Parkinson's thinking, right, I'll give him a game in this run because we do need to rotate. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I say I really like Harry, and I don't think there's any doubt. Come the summer, he'd potentially be on the list of players that you wouldn't retain. Um, but he's got the, he's obviously going to have to prove that now over the, the prove um, is is worth over the the last half, isn't he? Um, yeah. So James Jones will come in into the midfield for you then. So um, I'm, is that what you're thinking? So it'll be Luke Young, James Jones, and Elliot Lee. Yeah, if Tom O'Connor plays centre-back, it'll be that midfield three. Um, if we see Harry Lennon at centre-back, then it'll be Tom O'Connor, Elliot Lee, Luke Young. Um, either midfield should be good enough to go to Altrincham and, and dominate in the middle of the park. Um, and I thought the midfield three or four um, on Sunday were all excellent as well. I know we've not mentioned Luke Young or James Jones in the Sheffield review, but I thought they were excellent as well, full of running as always, and um, especially James Jones, he was so good on the ball, like, I think he sold the players a couple of dummies at some point in the second half, he was he was excellent. Um, so yeah, if it's Jones or O'Connor alongside Lee and Young, fine by me. Given what we unofficially think around Ollie Palmer, I guess, in the fact that there's this these whispers that he perhaps needs some surgery, etc. Do you think he definitely starts, or do you think Dolby gets a game? Uh, I think Palmer starts. Okay. I think he start if he's fit enough to run around for ninety six minutes against Sheffield United on Sunday. I think he's fit enough to play against Altrincham um, on Saturday. We may be in a position at sixty sixty five minutes where. Ideally, fingers crossed, we might be a goal or two goals to the goods and we can bring Palmer off for Dolby. Um, but I think he'll start. I think we'll go full strength. I think Palmer will start. Interesting. Um, okay, so score-wise, 
what do you what do you think? I'm going for a three one win for Wrexham. You always steal my ones. I was no, say. don't say that. You just say that after every time I put a score in. No, no, I was true. gonna pick that. True, it's true. Um I don't know who's top of the prediction league, so it wouldn't work in my favour to be fair, because I think you're top. <laughs> I am um, yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna say I am. I haven't updated it in a while, but I'm just gonna say I am. Uh, we'll go 3-0 then, get a clean sheet. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, and then I guess it's it's hard to look at teams and stuff for the Sheffield United game because we, we don't know who's going to be left standing after the game at the weekend, do we? Um, so um, you think that, do you think there'll be any rotation then, I guess? Um, you know, like when we turned up at Coventry, there was a little bit of rotation, which I think surprised us a little bit. Do you think there'll be any of that against Sheffield or are we... You know, we're just going to roll the guys out again. I think we'll play our strongest team available. Um, we may see a change at left wing back. So Mendy might get, get that might, game then. We might say to McFadzie, right, you start the league game, Mendy, you've got the nod in the cup. Um, but no, I, I don't think we'll rotate. I think Mullen and Palmer will play up front. I think we'll see Elliot Lee, uh, Luke Young and... Either James Jones or Tom O'Connor in the midfield three, and then our best back five. I know Resol Johnson played against Coventry. I think we'll stick with Ford. Um, and yeah, I think we'll go no matter what the result on on Saturday. I think we'll go full strength against Sheffield United. Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we expecting Spurs to be at the race course then? We, is that what you're predicting, or do you think it's just a bridge too far this one? Hey, I think mean, we've got a great chance. We've Two matches against championship sides this season. Should have won them both. We won one, drawn one in the end. And the only time where I've noticed a massive gulf between us and a championship side was the last 20 minutes or so against Coventry. Yeah, when we were tired, yeah. Us. When we were tired. That's the only time I thought, wow, we're getting outplayed here. Um, no, I still think we get every chance. Still underdogs, of course, because yeah. of the, the gulf in the divisions. But... I think we can go there and we'll give them a really good game. And why not? We've proved time and again this season, this team never lets us down. So, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll beat them. Might go to extra time, might go to penalties, but Oof. I've got a feeling we'll win. Can you and imagine then... penalties? Oh, it'd be chaos. Oh, God. I hope we've practised mm-hmm. since the trophy game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time. Um, imagine that that'd be great for the documentary as well wouldn't it maybe it was fate maybe we were meant to lose in that so that Parky thought well we better have a practice of these lads and it's going to come to fruition now (laughs) you might be right Um, but I've just got a sneaky feeling after the initial disappointment of of Sunday that we'll go there and surprise a few people so yeah rip some to win on penalties let's have Tottenham in in the fifth round and then we'll see if your Harry Kane prediction of him never scoring <laughs> in the big games comes true. Is you're you're more confident? I think. Um, I sadly think our my head tells me our cup run will come to an end, um, but we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, and we you you know you'll be able to watch that via some means. I'm sure, legal or not. Um, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case scenario, can you get the Wrexham player commentary in different things, please? I'm assuming so, yeah. yeah Worst case scenario, yeah. can we get that one? 
Yeah, or yeah. So, uh, at or least you can do a Facebook live for me from the ground. <laughs> yeah, and a commentary. Yeah, I'm sure, ITV won't mind that at all. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll a, I'm vlogging. Vlog. I'm vlogging, lads. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there then, and uh, hopefully, well, I think you hopefully will. Well, we we won't speak next week, but um, I'll replace you. I'll substitute you next week. Uh, One more question. Oh, go on. Do you think we'll sell out four and a half thousand? Tuesday night, away at Sheffield. Not an easy journey from Wrexham. Nightmare. It's a it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a messy journey, in fact, isn't it? Um, although it's only a couple of hours away, technically, it's it's not the easiest route. Um, I'm going to say nearly. I think I I think it'll be a really good effort. I'm not sure whether we'll sell every single ticket. What do you think? Yeah, although nothing surprises me with the our no. support levels anymore. I, I just think four thousand seven hundred is probably a little bit too far. Um, Honestly, if it was a Saturday, I'd say yeah. If it was Saturday, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Tuesday, when you got cost of living crisis, it's like you say, nightmare trip to make at short notice as well and um, it's on the telly oh exactly yeah it's on the telly um i'm gonna go three three and a half thousand which is still unbelievable support well, it is for a tuesday night away for a national league side so yeah okay so next time we see you you'll be tanned and i don't know tanned and may have secured some cop funding from saudi arabia that's oh, why fantastic I'm brilliant yeah. if that's where you're going all right mate we'll leave it there yeah. And, do some uh, squad rotation. Bring someone in for me next week. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. I'm rested. That's what it's called. You're resting. I'll find you. I'll find a replacement. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground shine you'll hear our cries hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies for loyal supporters on a lifelong journey we'll live in hope but we'll die in Kadguli I've been telling everyone I see I've been telling I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Dying
was a druid He loved Cymru And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield Like Trinidad We've had great plays And some who drove us mad We've seen the low Back in the football league 